obviously because then we didn't send our actual physical invites, it was an area we were able to save a bit of money. Um, but it still was something that was quite personable and um, design driven. They have lots of different layouts you can choose from, but then also you can, um, you know, kind of customize different areas and put photos of yourselves and all those kinds of a thing. Welcome to the You and Me podcast. This podcast episode is brought to you by Wonderlust Creative and The Bridal Journey. And today on the podcast, we have the lovely Liv Kennecke. So we're chatting to her all about her wedding day that scraped in just before COVID craziness in November um, in the Barossa Valley in South Oz. So Liv, welcome and thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much, guys. I feel so honoured and I'm really excited to talk to you. Yes, well, we did this kind of last minute. Um, last night or yesterday, I put up a photo on the bridal journey of Liv's wedding and it got over like 6,000 likes and, you know, over 500 shares and was bookmarked 2,000 times and reached um, 100,000 people. So, I mean, that was only something like less than 24 hours ago. So, I think it's going up and up. So, it's quite a popular uh, wedding that I've posted so it's you know I think people will be really interested to hear how you planned it yeah that's wild I had no idea honestly see you guys I'm quitting my day job that's um gonna be <laughs> insta famous hopefully yes. that's crazy so Liv tell us tell us a little bit about yourself yeah for sure so as you mentioned my new name is Liv Kennecke I was previously Liv Flanagan um and I live in Sydney Australia I run and own um, a premium sleepwear brand called Mason Essential that creates sustainably minded home essentials that are collectible, coherent and made from 100% silk or natural fabrics. Um, and I also run a small PR consultancy of kind of fashion and lifestyle brands with my business partner, Steph, and that's called Comms House Agency. Yes, and I'm sure many of our listeners would have probably seen your um, pyjamas or robes on their own Instagram. It's those beautiful kind of um, satin sets with the, is it like the ostrich feather kind of type? Yeah. Yeah, add-ons around the sleeves and the pants. So that you, you would have seen them, I'm sure, on Instagram floating around. So they're absolutely beautiful sets, particularly if you're getting married or a great present for a bridesmaid. Um, they're just really beautiful. Uh, did actually, did Charlotte Heinrich wear them? with her bridal party? I'm not a hundred percent sure, but definitely I know that they're, we get a lot of brides. They're very, very popular for, you know, um, bridesmaids and, and brides themselves. And, um, Jasmine Garnsworthy wore, um, the, uh, the aqua blue set as her something blue while all her bridesmaids wore white yes. and I think her wedding was on yeah. Vogue Brides last year and that was really really popular um but yeah I think it's especially you know if you want to buy something that's really kind of special um it's the perfect time to buy you know like a really nice um kind of um premium pair of, of pajamas in that kind of getting ready stage in the morning so um it was really yeah. fun to dress up all my bridesmaids in in the product and they all chose their own styles which um and you know got to keep them and things so it was really really nice 
That's so good. And it was this something that you had done? Have you started this brand through COVID or was this something like a little baby that was born before it? Or how long have you, how long have you owned Mason Essentials? Yeah, it's, um, it's a, it's definitely a passion project that's been going for some years now. I think I started it about three years ago. Um, my background's always been in PR and in fashion and I always knew I wanted to do my own thing. And I was just always kind of trying to find out what that was. Um, I've had a few businesses in the past when I was younger, you know, I used to sell, um, like distressed denim and vintage clothes at like markets and things when I was in uni. Um, and then obviously moved into full-time work, working for a bunch of different PR companies and in-house for a few big brands. Um, and during this time, I actually just went back and visited my um, family in, in Adelaide in South Australia and went and stayed with my grandparents like I usually do. And um, my grandma just has this beautiful collection of like vintage silk robes and things that I would always wear. And I basically just came back to Sydney and I was adamant on getting myself, you know, a, a pair similar because, you know, I think kind of after the whole active wear thing, which is obviously still going really strong and athleisure, what everybody really wants is those kind of like everyday luxuries that kind of make you feel like, you know, um, you're kind of, you know, self-care and looking after yourself. Um, and so I was yeah. asking my friends and like people I worked with, you know, um, where can I get myself like a really beautiful pair of pajamas? It's not like $900 for a silk pair. Um, <laughs> and none of us really knew. So I think that's kind of when it was born and it was most definitely so much trial and error. Um, one thing the brand is really big on is that we pride ourselves on using like the most premium quality silk on the market. So we use um, 6A, which is the, the highest quality you can get of silk and in a thickness of 19 mom, which is um, a lot thicker than the other brands. Um, still really breathable, but just gives that really beautiful, like lustrous, glossy, um, you know, look and feel. And um, yeah, so I guess with all of that, it was just so much trial and error trying to find the right suppliers and manufacturers and making sure they were socially sustainable and environmentally sustainable and things and um it's just kind of gone from there but we're launching on the iconic in february which is super exciting oh that's so exciting congratulations Thank you so much. So I think, you know, um, slowly kind of getting bigger and bigger and um, yeah, it's, but it's been a real labour of love. I can't wait to buy myself some for when I eventually get married after I have the baby. 2022. Um, so tell us about how you met your partner and then how did they propose or how did he propose? Sure. Um, so my partner, my now husband, so weird, uh, Felix, um, <laughs> he, uh, it's a funny story, actually. We hung out in similar friendship groups um, in middle school. So we're both originally from Adelaide. He's actually from rural South Australia, but he was a boarder. And um, in around year 10, I had a huge crush on him. Um, you know, we used to like stay up late talking on like MSN and um, things like that, <laughs> but <laughs> real vintage vibes, but um, nothing ever eventuated. Um, and unfortunately for me, that was kind of the end of that romance. But years later, I ran into him after we finished high school and just basically the rest is history. We've been together ever since. So um, been together over eight years now. Um, and yeah, so he proposed, <laughs> it was definitely no secret within our close, like friends and family that I was pretty keen to get engaged. Um, you know, I was getting pretty <laughs> restless that he hadn't asked me yet. You know, we'd been together over seven years. We'd been living together, like at least six of them. Um, so I was telling anyone that would listen that I really wanted to get engaged. So it really wasn't, wasn't a secret, but, um, <laughs> 
Felix definitely did surprise me though. I'm not going to lie. I really didn't think it was on the cards that soon. Um, basically, we were just doing our favorite coastal walk, uh, the Bondi to Bronte Beach. Um, and he proposed to me down on the sand at Bronte. Uh, turns out he had the ring on him for like, yeah, he had the ring on him for like six weeks and was just waiting for the right moment. And it was just so beautiful and organic and it was super early in the morning and, you know, no one was around and it was, it was, it was perfect. So it was really good. That's amazing. And it was like you were saying before, like it's hard to surprise you after you have discussed it time and time again. It's like, cause you always think, oh, we're going out for dinner tonight. That's really nice. His book somewhere nice. Mm, I wonder what's happening tonight. Or we're going somewhere that you're not used to. Oh, I wonder what he's going to do. A hundred percent. And it got to a stage where you know, it would be like our anniversary and by the end of the evening, I'd still have so much hopes and it'd be like 10.30 at night and we'd be like getting ready for bed and I'd be like, okay, today is not the day. <laughs> so um, it was completely unplanned and perfect and he actually did surprise me. I didn't expect it at all. So that was um, a, a big tick for me. Good Lovely. job, Felix. So yeah. then once, you know, you got engaged, what did you kind of, you know, envision for your wedding? Did you have a particular colour you know palette or inspiration and where did you gather your inspiration from being someone with like kind of a styling and design background like yourself for sure um I definitely think you know we always knew we wanted some sort of garden party um food and drink was super important for us we wanted everyone to you know it was it was very much about getting our intimate family and friends together just to kind of celebrate love so um we personally aren't very religious people we had a very short um kind of civil ceremony and it really was just about yeah all of our friends and family coming together so we're both quite minimalist in our approach to dressing. Um, you know, we wear a lot of black and white and neutrals. Um, so this definitely transcribed into the styling of the wedding, I think. Um, so for us, quality over quantity was always important. Um, having really beautiful kind of neutral flowers. Um, being in a garden setting really gave us that extra styling element that wasn't planned. You know, having all the wild lavender and, um, you know, all of the beautiful trees. And... Um, Inspiration wise, you know, most definitely, as I mentioned before, the bridal journey, Instagram, um, Vogue Brides, The Lane, and then mostly just Instagram and Pinterest. You know, I think all of us um, have a secret wedding Pinterest board, which was definitely my first my first point of call. But as um, I'm sure many people can relate, a lot of the things on there were quite dated by the time I actually got back around to it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, thank Getting God. really old after that. Literally, thank God I didn't get married like three years ago. It would have been hideous. But um, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah. So I think just you know visually planning everything on Instagram boards and Pinterest boards, and um, you know over the way just kind of slowly curating visual pictures, and then that kind of gave us a really good understanding when we step back and look at it, um, what yeah. clearly was important to us, and and where the the synergies were in terms of what do we keep pinning or what do we keep looking at and screenshotting mm. and things so um, that kind of yeah. helped us most definitely and um, what was the planning process like did you have a planner and um, if you did how did you work together and if not kind of how did you go about planning it yourself yeah so I didn't have a planner uh, being in a PR background you know I have a lot of experience pulling off kind of small to large scale events from anything from the conception the planning and the execution 
So I started by, as I mentioned, kind of creating those Pinterest boards and understanding visually what was best success to us and what was most important and then putting that into a PowerPoint. And basically I just screenshot each of the elements and sent them off to different suppliers for quotes based on what we thought we wanted and then what our budget was. Um, And then from there along the way, I used a lot of Google Docs. So I had some pretty in-depth like timelines, (laughs) budgets, work in progress documents, I'm actually going to be popping a link in my bio on Instagram for people to access because I think it really, really helped me um, along the way. So my Instagram is... We would love to link to that. Yeah, for sure. It's at Liv Flanagan still. I think I'm going to leave it at that. Um, But yeah, I think most definitely if you do decide to kind of do it yourself in some capacity, um, it always helps kind of having it all in the one spot and um, was most definitely really helpful for me as well, being able to just send the link to suppliers or send the link to Felix or my family and bridesmaids etc um and kind of get everyone involved it's so great having that PR background though like yeah you obviously don't need a planner having all that experience and probably working with a lot of those type of suppliers too for planning events like florists and stuff yeah, most definitely. We did use a wedding website um, and that kind of helped us collate all of our RSVPs and people with dietary requirements in one place and also provided a central location for all of our guests to receive information, um, you know, rather than invitations sometimes getting lost or thrown out. Um, people could always go back to our website, which had, you know, a fun URL of our names um, and kind of it was also a fun way for us to show our personalities Um, So I would kind of recommend for brides as well, if you are thinking about doing your own wedding, that was a big one for us being able to put all of those things in the one spot and also at having the back end of all of the RSVPs and um, addresses and all the information we needed from our guests all in the one spot. What um, platform did you use to do that? I used Riley and Gray. Um, Yeah. Is that specifically for weddings? Uh, yes. So it's basically, I think it's like $30 a month. It's really affordable. And obviously because then we didn't send out actual physical invites, it was an area we were able to save a bit of money. Um, but it still was something that was quite personable and, um, design driven. They have lots of different layouts you can choose from, but then also you can, um, you know, kind of customize different areas and put photos of yourselves and all those kinds of things, which was really, really fun. Yeah, make it a bit more personal. Yeah. I, I love receiving wedding invites online actually anyway because I always end up either tossing or losing the invite and I mean so much effort from a bride's perspective goes into making those invites and spending a lot of money on it whereas people just want something that's a bit easy and accessible and it's something you know if you do lose the invite and it's a wedding day and you're at a destination wedding you can just quickly look up the website and it's pretty easy rather than you know trying to hassle the bride for information a hundred percent I really really recommend it it's um it's definitely you know very easy to use for both a bride and groom perspective as well as for guests yeah um but we yeah we did also though have a wedding planner or I guess a wedding coordinator on the actual day of the wedding so um I used a local girl called Montana Burt she was honestly amazing I originally wasn't going to do that I was really kind of adamant on doing so many elements of it myself But as time went on, I really realized that on the actual day, I really just wanted to be present and I didn't want, you know, people coming up to me asking about 
powerpoints or you know security measures or you know whatever the case may be like timelines and things and I really 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 think that the wedding would not have gone nearly as smoothly as it did without having um, Montana on board you know definitely she just held a really tight ship made sure everything was on time and um, I was able to fully kind of check out after the morning of the wedding and just be present and enjoy the day Um, so that was really really good. So Liv, give us a bit of an idea, where did you get married and the way that you chose your suppliers, did you choose your space to get married first and then the suppliers came after or did you know kind of who you wanted to work with and then you had to find the space to put them in? How did it all work for you? Yeah, for sure. Um, So we did choose our space first, especially because we were doing a lot of the elements ourselves. It was really important Mm -hmm. to understand, I guess, the location and therefore what was going to be um, achievable with suppliers. So we actually had to um, change venues once just due to reasons outside of our control so we had originally chosen a venue kind of more in Adelaide um, similar kind of a thing doing a a very much outside garden party Um, but then we did have to change venues to our new one at the Barossa Valley and one of my uh, actually one of my maids of honor I had two maids of honor um, Alex found our new place it was a beautiful old manor on Airbnb Um, I think we were lucky because it had been COVID they were willing to do a wedding because they hadn't had many um, accommodation bookings and it was something that always kind of thought about but nothing had ever come to fruition so we were super lucky they they said yes and we were able to put on the the event at the venue and bump in everything and you know plan and everything else they were super accommodating so changing changing venues though though did that and then going to an airbnb did that change your guest list numbers and the numbers that you could have I think getting married in the middle of COVID, there was always a constant change of rules and regulations and how many guests we could have that kind of kept us on edge. Um, We were always having a pretty small wedding. I think originally our plan was around about 100 guests, 110 guests. Mm -hmm. Uh, It ended up being 85, mostly due to COVID-related reasons. But honestly, it it didn't really affect it too much in terms of the venues. And because it was something we were already so conscious of because of COVID, um, it it really wasn't wasn't a big deal. Um, But in terms of finding suppliers... As you mentioned, you know, I I have had a little bit of experience in the industry, but Adelaide is quite a small um, creative hub in terms of the people that you can work with. And I feel like there is kind of, you know, a handful that people do do turn to. So um, it was quite easy for me to kind of reach out and honestly just Google and Instagram and word of mouth and saving all of those Instagram links along the way and Pinterest links led me back to a lot of the suppliers that I wanted to use. Standouts for me were definitely my florist, um, Louise. She did an incredible job and was really, really hands-on. And then uh, my hairdresser as well, Amy Smith Hair. She specifically does brides um, as packages, but honestly, she was amazing. She literally rolled up her sleeves and helped us set tables, um, you know, helped oh, me, wow. you know, all these types of things, whatever you need. She's seen it. She's done it. She has the most hilarious bridal stories, as you can imagine, being, you know, kind of right in the thick of it every time um so she was just amazing as well but um definitely having that kind of that close-knit team to me was super important on the day so I was really lucky yeah 
Oh, that's good. And so you you chose your suppliers. You, you you had a good knowledge of kind of who you wanted and who you could choose from. Did you go because you didn't have a planner and you'd swapped venues and you'd changed guest lists and all 2020 had to offer you had to go through? Um, how did you go with your budget and did you stick to a budget? Did you go in with one or was it just something that you thought, you know what, we'll just manipulated as we go yeah for sure so one thing for me when I went into this wedding planning was that we really didn't want to spend too much money I feel like a lot of brides potentially say that and it never really ends up happening um but we were pretty adamant of being able to do a smaller more intimate setting and you know as I mentioned very much focusing on quality over quantity um and sticking to quite a strict budget um in saying that, the short answer, no, we did not stick to budget. <laughs> um, uh, I really feel that COVID honestly made us realise along the way. We tried the best we could, but there was just so many hidden costs, so many um, things that we ended up having to to pay for or look into or organise because of not only COVID, the change of venues, but also having a wedding at a venue that doesn't usually do weddings. Um, there was a lot of things we hadn't really thought about, even though it felt like we had planned everything so in depth. What were those things in particular? All kinds of things, even just like, you know, um, cleanup fees and like, you know, getting people to wash dishes or having, you know, the, the correct number of bar staff or, you know, because we had pop-up kitchens for the chefs, you know, they needed, um, manager staff and, so was was those were those costs not kind of highlighted in the initial uh, meeting with them? It came up later. Yeah, I think it, it was to an extent, um, and they most definitely did the best job that they could in, in trying to explain what would be included. But because it was always just such a moving beast, not only the location, the number of people, everything else, that did, of course, fluctuate the number of staff we needed, number of toilets we needed, the insurance we needed, just all kinds of things. So I think um, in hindsight, we really did set ourselves a challenge being so adamant getting married in the year of COVID and um, being so adamant at doing it at a venue that doesn't usually do weddings. So it really was our own decision. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, I think if COVID taught us anything, it was just to kind of not sweat the small stuff. And what was most important to us was to be getting married and being getting married in front of, you know, all of our friends and family um, in 2020. So that at the end of the day is what we have focused on. And um, the rest, like so many of us, I think we're just kind of putting 2020 to bed in other ways. And That's it. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> Um, so then tell us how the hunt for the dress went. You wore this beautiful um, sleeved dress, which we're predicting to be a huge trend in 2021. So tell us how that process went. Yeah, for sure. So I worked with one of my beautiful clients, Lillian Kalouf. Uh, she's a custom bridal designer based in Sydney. Um, and honestly, yeah, it was amazing. I'm so obsessed with my dress. I'm so sad I can never wear it again. Um, maybe I'll, maybe I will. We'll see. Every year's anniversary. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Just cooking in the kitchen. Um, but yeah, so I always knew I wanted to wear something kind of pared back. It's most definitely more my style. I, I, I thought I would go with more of a slip dress, but just along the way, you know, 
I, I, I wanted it to feel more bridal and that's kind of when the sleeves came into it. So I knew I wanted to do some sort of sheer sleeve and I had always planned on doing the slip. Um, but the lace element we added at the end, the French lace was honestly just, um, very unexpected and, and what most definitely brought the dress together. Um, the dress was designed, I had originally designed it so that the sleeves could come off after the ceremony. So I was going to wear the mm -hmm. sleeves for the ceremony and then take them off and just have the slippers like the party vibe kind of dress. Um, but once we had put the lace on, I was like, I cannot take these off like these these have to stay so um my only thing was that you know they did kind of look semi-temporary because you, they did have the the slip element kind of and they were just attached um so I think you know once I'd seen the sleeves I was like no these are staying on but um they did have that temporary element but yeah, it was, it was a labor of love. Lillian was so patient with me because I seriously changed my mind that many times. Um, but I think doing the whole, yeah, custom, custom experience, um, you definitely have to have some sort of an idea of at least what kind of fit, what kind of, um, you know, color, what kind of material when you go in, because it is really overwhelming. There are so many choices. Um, but yeah, I, I was so lucky that in the end I was, um, I was I was super happy with my dress. Yeah, it was so beautiful um, and clearly popular. And I loved um, like your pearl hoop earrings and the, I think it's a Colt Gaia handbag. Yeah, Touch yeah. Me. Just a bit, yeah, of, bit of fun. Yeah, so beautiful. Yeah, it's like shells, isn't it? Like shell circle kind of. Yeah, yeah little really, kind of discs yeah. and they all kind of were chain linked on and then they had like a, a pearl handle and it was just a little bit of, of fun. I think, you know, sometimes a wedding and everybody of course is different I'm sure you speak to so many brides but everybody's different but I just wanted to have those little elements of fun or add a little bit of um, something slightly more casual and do that high low kind of um, style more which is is more how I kind of dress every day yeah. so it just made sense to me yeah so nice um and then so looking through your Instagram you had a bit of a story with your fitness and skincare and Seeing you on Zoom, you absolutely have the most beautiful skin. Um, tell us a little bit about your fitness and skincare routine leading up to the wedding. I know that you got your eyebrows microbladed. Mm, I did. Risky. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I... Uh... I, yeah, definitely the, the bridal glow up for me was like one of the main events of the wedding for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think for me, what was the biggest thing was starting slow and steady. You know, I most definitely started um, kind of, I've always been a very healthy and holistic person and very focused on wellness and skincare and things, but I most definitely kind of took a long approach. So I started about 10 months out, which I think really took the pressure off me in terms of having to, you know, do a yo-yo diet last minute or getting really stressed and, you know, kind of everything else. So that was definitely key. Um, to be honest, it was just, yeah, slow and steady, lots of walking. I did lots of reformer Pilates, um, making sure I slept enough, drank enough water. All the things that you hear is honestly is honestly the truth. But I will say I did an Equalation eight-week challenge about 10 weeks out. Um, and that was a good, like, kind of last hurrah in terms of just any last-minute wedge shred um, kind of, yeah, goals I had. Um, and then for skin, I've always been, yeah, really kind of, um, focused on my skin 
versus, you know, makeup I put on my skin. So uh, most definitely anything to do with my gut health and supplements. And um, I was very, very big on, on all of those things as well and keeping a very strict skincare regime. I also saw Madonna from Kalon Beauty. Um, she is amazing. She's a really holistic esthetician um, who is very much all about, you know, all of the things I was just talking about. And she gave me a, a number of facials leading up to the wedding itself. Um, and then brows. Yeah, I got my brows microbladed and I also got my brows uh, laminated by Colette from Cole Beauty, who's another um, Sydney based. Um, she's actually a previous client of ours. We love her. And it has literally changed my life. I've always been someone that fills in my brows like and brushes them up with three different types of gels and this, that, the other. And just being able to wake up in the morning your skin's good, your brows are good, like you're ready to go. Like you really don't need much else. It, 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 was, it was definitely, um, it was great. Um, and then uh, I did lots of infrared saunas as well leading up to the wedding. And um, yeah, I think mostly just taking care of myself. You know, it's, it is a really stressful time. And even though I tried my best to, to be a chill bride, I was always really big on that. Getting married in 2020 definitely wasn't a chill time. <laughs> so um, I think, yeah, just, just really kind of taking care of yourself is really important. And so you've done obviously all of this incredible stuff too. And I think that our listeners are going to find what you described in terms of like your health and beauty routine. They can pick and choose what relates to them through it because you did basically everything from start to finish which is so important but because you've done this whole massive lead up tell us and then and then it was your wedding day tell us a little tell us about your wedding day and and how it all went down and what was the weather like if it was you know outside and how was it all it was crazy honestly it's the most surreal feeling when it's actually your wedding day like it's something you know I've never been one for a real fairy tale kind of romance Felix and I of course love each other very much and um you know it was an amazing day but I I always kind of joked around about what the wedding day would be like and never wanted it to be too corny or what have you but it ended up being all of that and it was amazing like I loved it it was um (laughs) I woke up in the morning, um, my bridesmaids and I had stayed at the manor the night before, um, and I had spent some time writing not only in my journal, but also writing them, um, Felix and my parents, um, personal letters. And I think doing that the night before in the morning of really set the tone for me in terms of reminding me why I was doing it and why the people that were with me were with me. And um, when my bridesmaids came in that morning, I gave them each their letters and I gave them, you know, um, Mason Essential slippers and um, they chose their own sleepwear and things. And we all sat and read our letters and it was honestly so emotional. And I think that it was just um, a really great way to kind of bring us all together and, um, um, you know, kind of start the day very, you know, um, lovey and, you know, kind of appreciating each other, which is really what it's all about when you're with your bridesmaids and your, um, your mates of honours. Um, and then, sorry, I'm just going to close the window. And then, um, we, yeah, we were basically just at the manor all morning. My, um, one of my bridesmaids, Claire, actually made us these, um, hideous mugs with Felix and I's faces on them. 
and um, <laughs> which were amazing. And I honestly, I'm going to keep them forever. Um, but we uh, just had breakfast and set the tables together and um, all hung out in our pajamas. And I think it was just really, really great to, to be present and to, to enjoy that time together. Um, we had hair and makeup and my, my mum came and um, my now mother-in-law came and um, we all just basically took turns in getting our hair and makeup done and um, getting dressed and um, oh, I actually got a cold sore that morning and I freaked out. So um, Dana, my mother-in-law, the dear woman, drove like 40 minutes to a chemist and got me those like um, those tablets and the cream. So I was in the shower, like naked, and my bridesmaid came in and was like feeding me these cold sore tablets, and it was like this big thing. <laughs> so that was my one drama of the morning. One drama. Yeah, but then the rest went to plan. Doesn't that happen on um my big fat Greek wedding? She gets like cold sore or something, and the and then the, put the Windex yeah, and on I it. Give Windex. Yeah, you should have just got some Windex. You would have literally. <laughs> it's one of my favorite movies. So sad. Um, and then. Uh, yeah, so we had the ceremony at about 4pm. Um, it was in Adelaide. Adelaide in the summer is typically very dry, very hot. So getting married in late November was a safe bet for us. Of course, it was projected thunderstorms and it literally never rains in summer in Adelaide or South Australia, like ever. Um, but I think again, we just kind of had no choice, but to just go with the flow. And that was something that was super important to me. I think, you know, um, especially again, because of COVID, you know, we really learned not to sweat the small stuff. And what was most important is that we had been still given this opportunity to share the day with all of our loved ones. Um, so we had the ceremony, it was pretty short, only about 20 minutes. And we said our own vows and signed our marriage certificate in front of everyone. And because we had both the ceremony and the reception at the manor, um, all of our guests were invited to the first bar to have, um, you know, a cocktail hour. And during that time, we went off and got our um, photos taken. So I think a big thing as well for us was to take that moment immediately after the wedding um for Felix and I and we kind of went off um just before we had our photos and and had a little moment together just to like realize what we'd actually done um because yeah you got married exactly we finally did it and it really is such a such a whirlwind and everybody of course is so excited to see you and pulling you every which way so that was really important to us just to have that little sneak away for a minute um, before we got yeah. all of our photos um, and we got them with our bridesmaids and our groomsmen and our families as well before before joining the party. So we had a two-hour cocktail, um, I guess, hour with, you know, a big grazing board and we served Aperol spritz and espresso martinis and gin and tonics and things. And um, then we had a big sit-down dinner outside under the stars. So um, we were very lucky with the weather. It only started raining at about nine o'clock. So we had just finished mains um, by the time it started raining. And at first, it was just um, small drops. And because it was completely outdoors, we didn't have any cover. We were all kind of not really sure what to do and kind of like glancing at each other nervously. (laughs) No one was really wanting to say it because we were just like, oh, my God. Um, And so when it actually started to rain, we all just kind of 
kept eating and pretending like nothing was happening because we were just like, oh my God, if we ignore it, maybe it will go away. Um, but then yeah, the skies literally opened up and it poured so heavily. And, um, we did have a marquee over the dance floor and we did have, um, you know, the, the manor, um, the balcony from the manor did shelter at an area as well. So we basically just kind of split up amongst that. And because we'd finished the food, it was time for dancing anyway. So if there was any time it was going to rain, it was, it was that. So it, it ended up being really it good. Was that. Exactly. So poured with rain um and we danced all night and yeah it was really fun lovely so what was your favorite detail or favorite moment of your wedding definitely getting ready with my bridesmaids um as I mentioned before you know just kind of really reconnecting with all of them individually and and you know telling each other what we what we really loved about each other was was really special um and same with my mum as well and um when my dad first saw me my dad and I have a really close relationship and he burst into tears he's such a big softy and it was honestly so sweet um so I think, yeah, just all those types of really special, intimate moments. Um, Felix and I's vows, we had written our own vows and, and not told them to each other yet. And um, they were really beautiful to be able to say in front of all of our friends and family. Um, the moment after the ceremony with Felix that I was mentioning, just being like, oh, my God, we actually did it. Uh, the first dance with my dad. And yeah, just being with our loved ones. I honestly felt so connected and, and grateful and, and privileged to have so many incredible friends and family in our lives. And Felix and I have actually spoken about it since, you know, we, we felt really loved and that was such a special feeling that everyone had come together for us. It's so good. And now that you're married and you, and you did do so much of it yourself and you know nobody can nobody can predict the weather and even if you've got a really detailed forecast you actually have no idea what's going to go on so for future brides who you know are starting this journey after coming out of the crazy 2020 what what kind of advice do you have for them if they do choose to you know what we're going to low-key it a little bit reduce our guest list just have it as a celebration what piece of advice have you got to give them oh gosh hindsight's a funny thing isn't it I mean it really was so many lessons um but I don't regret anything you know you really can't live your life like that but there were definitely was plenty of disasters nothing ever goes to plan and I feel like that's the main thing is that definitely making a pact with yourself that just going with the flow Things are going to happen. Things aren't going to work out. Something's not going to run on time. Something's not going to be the way you envisioned it. It's just honestly just life. And you've put so much emotional energy and time and money into planning this really short period of time over potentially a year or two. So I think being able to let go of those small things is super important. Otherwise, it's going to ruin everything you've planned. And it's not what it's about. As you mentioned, it's, it's very much about, about you and your partner and, and your loved ones. Um, the morning of journaling or meditating or just doing something that is personal to you that allows you to soak in what's actually happening uh, because it really does feel a bit surreal and everyone said that to me and I kind of was like yeah yeah I get it I get it but it really is it, it's so bizarre that it's your day and um, it's over so quickly so I think for me that was really special um, and doing something to let your parents and your friends and your loved ones know how much you care so you know as I mentioned I wrote the letters um, 
slowing down and enjoying the day, make sure you just kind of take moments throughout the day just to kind of sit back and, and realize what's happening and, and take in what's going on. Um, taking a moment immediately with your partner after the ceremony. Um, and I think as well, eat something beforehand. And I know everyone <laughs> says this, but especially if you're going to be doing speeches, everyone yeah. is looking at you all night. And I am one, I will always eat like, you know, a big meal during dinner if we go out for dinner or something. But it really was hard to eat very much when everyone was just staring at you the whole time. And I didn't want to have like a mouthful of gnocchi, you know, kind of laughing through the jokes and things. So um, eating something beforehand because everyone's handing you champagnes if you drink and whatnot is is um, is definitely key, I feel. Strategically feed yourself. <laughs> Strategically feed yourself. Even, I, of course, I know a lot of brides like are probably conscious about you know, what they're eating and whatnot. But even if it's like, you know, a bliss ball or something with like, you know, like good fats and stuff in it, just to kind of like line your stomach and put something in there before the day, I think, or before the actual evening is so important. Um, And then staggering your speeches. So one thing for us is that because our event was so intimate, but there was a lot of people there that we wanted or that wanted to say a few words, we made sure we split that up over the, the evening or over the event so that people weren't just sitting there for an hour listening to speech after speech after speech. Um, and that really gave, um, I think, the speeches more importance and everyone was very engaged when they were listening because it wasn't just, you know, it wasn't them just kind of zoning out after 25 minutes of, of speaking kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then lastly, um, have something to remember the ceremony by. So I actually took my flowers after the ceremony to um, Phoebe Hunter, who's an artisanal scarf maker in South Australia. And she takes your wedding flowers and dries them and presses them into silk scarves for you to keep forever. Um, and I think something oh, like wow. that is, yeah, so you know, something that is tangible that you can keep is a really nice um, thing to do as well. Oh, well, Liv, thank you so much for joining us. And it sounded like such an incredible day. So after such a year, congratulations on getting married. And thank you for all your tips. This interview, yeah, the photos, but... The tips you've been able to give all our Gold. listeners we'll, is we'll going to, to be um, your Instagram. Yeah, they're going to love it. That um, <laughs> spreadsheet and your planning too. Yeah, everyone would be really keen to see that. Yes, and your robes. Yes, love it. Yeah, so much, so much. <laughs> Thank you, and um, yeah, really, really enjoyed talking to you guys too. So thanks so much. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the You and Me podcast. If you are after any of the suppliers mentioned in today's episode, you can head on over to our Instagram page at the You and Me podcast and jump into our episode release where we've tagged all these incredible suppliers featured in this interview. If you're a bride or groom and would like to chat to us about having your wedding featured on the You and Me podcast, you can send us a submission DM to our Instagram page at the You and Me podcast titled Real Couple Submission or message us on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash the You and Me podcast. Leaving reviews, rating the episodes, sharing the love with all your loves and subscribing to our podcast really helps us to continue producing the amazing content designed just for you. So don't be shy. You can also follow our ordinary lives with Andy over at The Bridal Journey and Laura at Wonderlust Creative. Thanks for joining.